0: Brodo, fam. before we start, we want to thank our sponsors at FanDuel. You want to know the only thing better than winning? It's winning cold, hard cash. And the best way to play fantasy football and win is with FanDuel. From double-ups to giant tournaments and private contests, there are a million ways to win every single week. And if you sign up at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy or... Click on the link on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. FanDuel will match 20% of your first deposit with your first bet up to $500. FanDuel is just handing out money for you to play with. Plus, Brodo has you covered. With Optimizer lineups and weekly DFS articles on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, we'll help you come out on top. Sign up today, play some lineups, and win some cash. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrodoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It's a part two.
1: It's part two, dude. It's part two. Suddenly I see. What? From uh, *Fairly Odd Parents*, gave me the one. dop, dee dop, dee Okay,
0: uh, download the fantasy football by Broto app. That th- what did I say? Say, <laughs> <laughs> download the fantasy football by Broto app. It is the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football, and it is absolutely free. What do you get with that? They're free. Fantasy player cards is basically everything you need to know about a player on a, on a card. Uh, start, sit tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, game logs, cool tools, and stats. Oh, usage charts. How could I forget that? And stats, including ex- advanced stats and exclusive stats like true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and point over points over average. The, the five stats that are best for uh, going into this fantasy thing and the five stats you can only find on the fantasy football by broto app um and the reason why it's free is because we get support from our patrons over at patreon.com broto fantasy please join us on patreon.com broto fantasy if you want to be part of the patreon family you get access to the discord which is honestly the best place ever to talk fantasy uh you also have access to our leagues you have access to the extra podcast every month which is a waiver wire podcast every week Every week, excuse me. Did I and the Thursday month? Night Football Preview. And the Thursday Night Football Preview, which right now, by the way, if you didn't know, we are watching Thursday Night Football live as we come to you. And you also get the DFS Optimizer. You get team uh, consultations as Kendrick Bourne, was that a handoff? No, pass. Oh, pass? No nice. About a 10-yard gain. Okay, I'll take it. Always um, oh, got some shiny bling around his neck. <laughs> it's always, it's always uh, interesting to see like the bling that people were like, like playing like. football it seems like fucking dangerous alright uh, yeah so download the Fantasy Football Bro- by Broto app and please support us on Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy Mike you wanna just dive right in cause we got 8 games to go on this one
1: that's me diving and swimming that's a terrible impression yeah way. I was trying to, how do you make a water noise for, like a dive <laughs> no but then you start swimming right away <laughs> <laughs> it's better than mine <laughs> That was terrible. Whoosh, I mean, mine, was, whoosh, mine did not whoosh, sound a thing like whoosh, water. Whoosh, whoosh. All, All right. right. Let's go to the 49ers at the
0: whoosh, Aguars. Uh, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. George Kittle has been great. Uh, Kittle, two bae, touchdowns since He's been back, and this is a smash matchup. The Jaguars allow 17 points over average, the 10th best matchup. And Kittle's been super effective, so I'm, I'm firing up Kittle in this game without a doubt.
1: 17% point over average? You yes. got to say percent, bro. What I say, seventeen over average makes wow, me like Kittle's about to put up twenty-five points or something.
0: Yeah, that's hardcore.
1: Yeah, sign me up for George Kittle, high-end tight end one. Um, he's come back with a vengeance. He basically did all his work in the first half last week against the Rams because there was no need at all to pass in the second half. For, um, for San Fran, five for fifty in a touchdown. Back-to-back weeks of the touchdown went over a hundred against Arizona. Sign me up for some George Kittle. <clears throat> George Kittle. Um, and then but- Debo Samuel just continues to be an absolute monster. Holy moly. That dude was lining up in the backfield, had a beautiful touchdown run. He s- took the ball on the – this guy took the handoff, handed it to his other hand, stiff-armed someone, walked into the end zone, and it was glorious. Mm-hmm. Debo's an absolute monster, yo. And then, of course, he catches one later and runs it into the end zone from, like, 50 yards out, locked and loaded, wide receiver one. Remember when I made him a uh, a stock high after a good game? Because I was like, people just got to – Stop acting like it isn't going to keep happening. Oh, it's happening, all right. Yeah, I mean, to to say the least. Um, on the other side of him, though, is Brandon Ayuk.
0: This guy continues to see the most snaps and the most target percentage on the team, but is really not turning into fantasy points. And uh, J- The Jaguars aren't a good matchup against wide receivers as much as it looks like it is.
1: I, I mean, they're not a bad matchup against wide receivers.
0: Uh, according to defensive points over average... Um, and i don't I, I changed the team for a second here it is uh they are a negative matchup they're 20th they give up 2% less points than the average and it's
1: cuz they're so damn bad yeah
0: but there's something to be said about that because the 49ers offense is very game script dependent we saw that a lot this year
1: yeah um which makes it tougher to trust Brandon You cuz this guy just went 3 for 26 against LA four targets is was not like a small amount of targets for that game because Jimmy Garoppolo only attempted, I think, 19 passes. But that's the issue with San Fran. If they take an early lead, they're just going to run it down their throats. Elijah Mitchell ran 27 times last week, 27 or 29, one of those. Hot damn. Yeah. Like, that's what the offense wants to do, and they want to operate through Debo and Kittle. He's really the fourth option in that offense behind running back Kittle and Debo, which makes him hard to trust weekly, even if he, uh, even if you want him to be better. It's unfortunate.
0: I'm really hoping Kendrick Bourne does something soon because I'm, I'm starting to get an anxiety attack about <laughs> oh, <okay>. sitting <laughs> about sitting Brandon <laughs> Um Elijah Mitchell. He practiced in a non-contact jersey. So, so far, the beat reporters in San Francisco say Elijah Mitchell is expected to play, and Kyle Shanahan has said he expects Elijah Mitchell to, pl- Mitchell to play. Um, this makes me think that he's probably not going to play. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, it's... I'm am a little confused by it. I'm not gonna lie to you. The Shanahanigans, the shenanigans, the Shanahanigans, the Shanahanigans, the Shanahanigans. Shana, the Shana, Shana Shana there you go. The Shanahanigans.
1: Shana I'm a little confused by it because it's like this guy has a broken finger, right? Like they're saying maybe he could play through it with a pen. I'm just confused by like can he play through it or not? Like I feel like they should know the answer if this is something you could play through. I feel like the doctor could say by now, yes, you could play through this, or no, you should sit. Unless the doctor really was just like, oh, you could risk it if you'd like. And then, like, do they want to risk it against Jacksonville? With the bye Their record out. is not ideal, so they need to win. They can't afford to slack. But either way, if Elijah Mitchell plays, you play him as an RB2 in a tremendous matchup against Jacksonville with touchdown appeal um, for sure. If he's out. Fire up Jeff Wilson, too, as an RB2. Like, I'm not scared of Trey Sermon coming in and stealing work or anything like that. It's going to be Jeff Wilson's backfield if, you know, Elijah Mitchell is forced to miss the game. So Jeff Wilson was one of the prized waiver wire ads this week if Mitchell isn't good to go. It seems like it's going to be a um, game-time decision for Mitchell. They play at 1 o'clock, though. Fortunately, um, they're on the road against Jacksonville because – San Fran is typically on the west coast. They typically start at four o'clock. Not this week. So, yeah, I guess you'll have to wait and see. But I'm gonna play Mitchell if he's active. I'm gonna play Jeff Wilson if he's out. My name is Jeff. Uh, do you, can you play both? The Jags are nah, terrible against the run. I wouldn't do it. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I wouldn't want to trust that.
0: Um. Let's go over to the other side. I mean, actually, Jimmy G. Is he a good streamer this week for you?
1: Eh. Yeah, you're yeah. just always such limited cap side. Caps? Side. Uh, hello, James Robinson. Upside, Yeah, sorry. James Robinson this is a great His matter. upside is always capped is what I was trying I, to say. <sighs> Dude, you're so mean to me. So mean.
0: So say, so say hi to James Robinson already.
1: Hello, James Robinson. Mis- James Robinson is making the uh, Jaguars seem very dumb for drafting Travis Etienne with the first round pick. He is first in PFF rushing grade so far this year. He's very good. And honestly, I don't doubt it because I know a lot of people shit on PFF for several reasons, but this guy should not be able to do what he's doing on this offense. 539 rushing yards on 100 rush attempts. 5.39 yards per carry on the worst offense in the league. Maybe the Jets could rival them a little bit. But that shit is nuts. Like DeAndre Swift is on the Lions averaging like 3.2 yards per carry or something. James Robinson is just a very good pure running back. And I like he's just been great this entire season. Like you locked and loaded, high end RB two every week. Like this guy went on a three week three week stretch of twenty plus points earlier in the season. His bye week, he got hurt against Seattle, was out against Buffalo. And then he just returned back to doing his James Robinson stuff. Sixteen point four against Indy. I mean, start James Robinson happily, but that's about it for Jacksonville. Um, I don't know, man. The maybe Niners, Jamal Agnew.
0: The Niners have been a really bad matchup, and they're, but they've been—they're allowing their
1: defense has been getting way better of late.
0: They're still allowing the most points over average to quarterbacks, almost fifty percent more than their average. They're allowing almost 10% over the average to wide receivers. That's the 10th best matchup. So who are you
1: going to start? Besides maybe Jamal Ag- Agnew as a wide receiver three. I'm going to start Agnew. But even Agnew team. had five targets last week and did not convert any of them. But All of a, his points were on a rushing touchdown. But he, he had 79 it. rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. He had it, though. He did. And now it's three of the last four games where he's gotten double-digit fantasy points. He's playing over LaVisca Chenault. Marvin Jones, Marvin yeah, Jones is a bum, scrub.
0: Bum.
1: Like... At this point it just seems like Marvin Jones I guess age is getting to him cuz he's just been uh really terrible.
0: Yeah, I can't take it. I can't take a uh, I can't take a chance on him. Uh, and I'm also I'm, take I'm a comfortable. chance on to You know that Dan Arnold's going to get mad work, so I'm I'm down with starting Dan Arnold.
1: Dan Arnold is a uh, tight end one folks at this point. Um I don't think that can be questioned anymore. He's the number one option in Jacksonville passing game, if we're being honest. Eight targets, seven targets, ten targets over the past three weeks. That's 25 targets. Of those 25 targets, he has caught 17 balls. Not a tremendous conversion rate, but decent. 17 receptions for a um, for a tight end is something that you do not see very often. Has over 60 receiving yards in three straight games. Has yet to find an end zone, and he's been a tight end one over the past three weeks. All signs pointing up for Dan Arnold. Um, So definitely someone you should be starting as a only 40% rostered still, which just seems absurd.
0: Yeah. When the guys like that come on late, they they tend to fly under the radar. All right, let's go over to our next game, the Dolphins at the Jets. I hate the prospect of playing Miles Gaskin, but this is the best possible matchup, and he looks like a high-end wide receiver too in this one. Running back too. Running back too, yeah. I mean, the Jets have been so bad. You know, against the run that... Uh,
1: you just you skip over to. to the Dolphins and Jets really quickly? Yeah. Did we not... Di- oh, wait. We already discussed the 49ers. We did. Yeah. See, we, we paused because we tried to kill a mosquito. There was a, a mosquito
0: in here, and it's, it's ridiculous. It's November. What the fuck is a mosquito doing around here? It's because you have this eucalyptus plant here, Michael.
1: Nah, bro. It's when we, we open you opened the door to come in, and it flew in with you. Yeah, it was my fault. It's your fault. It's always your fault. <laughs> fuck you. Vulgar. <laughs> Go! Anywho, yeah, Miles Gaskins. Sign <laughs> me up. The Jets are... Given up like seventy-five percent points above average to opposing running backs. It is an absolute joke how bad they are against opposing running backs. Another week Gaskin, last
0: week. Another week last week, too, that two running backs scored over ten points.
1: Crazy. And Miles Gaskin <clears throat> has just been absolutely locked in um to that RB1 role ever since Malcolm Brown went down. Fourteen rushes last week and two targets, twenty rushes and six targets the week prior, twelve rushes and four targets the week before that. Nineteen opportunities the week before that. It's his backfield, which means it's also a, an odd week. The J.D. McKissick effect works with Miles Gaskin, too. Um, ten to six, nine to zero, twenty-seven to two, fifteen to seven, twelve to five, which means he, of course, he's gonna go for like Kendrick Bourne with another reception. Boom. That, that, that means he's definitely gonna go for like fifteen plus this week against the Jets. Um. It's um, it's disgusting, of course, but I'm starting Miles Gaskin, man. I'm just I'm starting Miles Gaskin happily. I don't. That's not something I don't think I'm going to say again this year. Yeah, happily you know, starting you know, Miles sure. Gaskin.
0: I think happily you're starting Jalen Waddell, Miles sure. Gaskin, Tua, and Kasek.
1: <clears throat> yeah, Tua returning definitely helps that offense. Jacoby Brissett is awful. The Jets, the Jets rival Brissett for awfulness, I think, um, which is good for Tua. Because Tua has been very solid this year. The Miami Dolphins have been a very pass-heavy team in neutral situations with Tua on their center, which is good for him as well. He just put up 12.5 fantasy points in a half against Baltimore. Um, Only 16 against Buffalo, but Buffalo is a very difficult matchup. 22-28 and the two weeks prior. I think Tua is definitely a streaming candidate this week as well. And I'm with you. I think Jalen Waddell is a strong wide receiver, 2-3 play. More so in PPR. I think more of a wide receiver, too, in PPR leagues, for sure. Uh, but Mike Isicki, I know he had the donut last week, but, man, the guy saw seven targets, and he just was barely not connecting. Like, there were so many... Like, he dropped a pass or two, it seemed to. Well, it wasn't technically, like, a drop. wasn't his best game. But he could have caught it. Wasn't, like, it was not his best it game. It was not his best game, but he has been the tight end three or four overall this season, <laughs> including the donut, so... I'm firing him back up against the Jets in a get right game here.
0: All right, uh, let's go over to the Jets side. Joe Flacco in the surprise move of the week is starting. It's not going to be Mike White. I think they gave Mike White the short end of the stick, man. He played well and then he struggled against the best defense in football. And you're gonna in his second ever start, and you're gonna bench him for Joe Flacco. Like,
1: I don't Jets. I, yeah, man. Like, give the guy another shot. Like, what the fuck? I tweeted week eight. Is Mike White the future? Is he gonna be the N- Jets? Quarterback next year, Week Eleven. Joe Flacco has been named a surprise starter for the Jets.
0: It just doesn't make much sense to me. They, they say it's because Miami's been blitzing, which they have. Miami blitzed the house on forty percent. I mean, on forty different plays against the Ravens, and that's why they fucked up the Ravens so bad last week. I think that what you're going to see is a lot of blitzing, but that means good things for a couple guys. The first guy it means good things for is. Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder has been hyper targeted by Joe Flacco before and I expect that to continue. I also like Michael Carter in this game. I think that there was a there was a assumption that when Mike White leaves, Michael Carter is going to be worse. But that's with the assumption that you know, it's it's Zach Wilson that takes over. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's Joe Flacco who loves the dinkton and dunks and there's going to be a lot of blitzing. I think I'm comfortable playing Michael Carter. I'm comfortable playing um Channing
1: Crowder, and I'm probably staying in the flames with Elijah Moore. It's tough not to trust Elijah Moore at this point, I think. Um, Even if you don't want to trust him um, in a matchup against Miami, whose defense has been on the up-and-up, it's hard to, to go against the numbers of the last several weeks. Uh, 9.7, 10.1, 23.9, 11.9 over the last four weeks. And even last week, against Buffalo. The touchdown wasn't garbage time, but still, it still counts. Um, the thing is with Elijah Moore, he played behind Crowder. He played behind Davis. Corey Davis was the clear alpha, which is not ideal um, for for Elijah Moore. And Crowder had a huge connection with Joe Flacco last season or Whenever Joe Flacco was a Jets quarterback, which means a little a bit of something. A couple seasons ago. A couple seasons ago. So he's not someone I'm super hyped about, but I'm definitely starting him as a wide receiver three flex play this week to see if the uh, the Elijah Moore magic keeps rolling. Because, I mean, that guy's just a, a darn good player. Anyone else in this game you want to talk about? And Corey Davis, who returned last week and just reclaimed his role as the alpha in the Jets offense, 5 for 93. He ended up losing a fumble in the game, but whatever, who cares? Um, five for ninety-three is what really matters, which is nice—a nice, nice bounce-back game against Buffalo, Tre'Davious White and company. Miami, a lot of garbage. Like time. I said, Miami, Miami's defense is probably the the player I'm most interested in. I agree. <laughs> outside of Miles Gaskin in this game, I would start my Miami defense happily because they have been on a roll um, as they've been getting healthier and such. And the Jets' offense is just disgustingly bad.
0: That's uh there's no doubt about that one. No. All right. Uh let's move on to our next game. The Saints at the Eagles. Alvin Kamara Eagle. missed uh, Alvin Kamara missed practice today after being limited yesterday. Not a good sign.
1: Not unless good sign. unless
0: you right. roster Mark Ingram. <clears throat> then it's a yeah. great sign.
1: If I if I were a betting man, I'd bet that Mark Ingram is the lead guy again next week.
0: And that leads me to my favorite play, the Eagles defense. I think you got a great play out of the Eagles defense last week, and I think you can play them again this week with some confidence. I'm um, I'm I'm down to take on the Mark Ingram Trevor Simeon led Saints. I think it's going to be a good matchup.
1: Yeah, um, I just I don't know why they keep sticking with Trevor Simeon. It's pissing me off.
0: Me too, man. And, you know Taysom Hill didn't practice today, so I, he's probably still dealing with some sort of lingering something.
1: Yeah, uh, not ideal.
0: Yeah, not ideal at all. I spent fifty fucking fab on this fucking guy. <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah. So what what are you, what are your hopes and dreams though for Mark Ingram in this game?
1: My hope and dreams for Mark Ingram, do exactly what you did last week, Mark. Like, control that backfield and do what you got to do in place of Alvin Kamara. And I don't see why that wouldn't be the case. Um, He went 14 for 47 on the ground with a rushing touchdown, four for 61 through the air on seven targets. The final play of the game um, from New Orleans was like a wheel-type route to Mark Ingram in the end zone. Imagine if he caught that. He'd be... uh, getting hyped up even more. So Mark Ingram is someone I'm definitely playing as a plug-and-play if Alvin Kamara is out.
0: Uh, are you interested in any of these pass-catching options?
1: Deontay Harris was the one I was most interested in last week, and he ended up having a decent game. It was because he caught long passes again. He went 3-for-4 with 84 yards. He continues to play less than, like, 40% of snaps, but gets targeted the most per snap by far of any Saints wide receiver so I'm very confused as to why they're not getting him on the field more that certainly caps his upside um and the Philly defense is the number one defense against opposing wide receivers in points over average well 32nd so number one in you don't want to go up against them um and like Marcus Callaway two for 37 and a touchdown saved his day Traquan Smith caught a touchdown but what we're gonna start trusting Traequan Smith again? Like, this whole offense is just very, uh, very untrustworthy at the wide receiver position. But so I mean, if you want to start Traequan Smith or Deontay Harris or Marcus Callaway in your flex, it's not a terrible idea. But like, I'd list it as Smith, Harris, Callaway if I had to choose.
0: We saw Callaway and Smith both both get red zone targets and end zone targets to be specific last week. Uh, it's it's a mess. It's just, one of them might hit, and one of them probably will hit. The question is which one, and and that's a hard question to answer. Yeah.
1: Um. And that, Adam Troutman, I'm not chasing. No, that's that. That's that, another guy. Everyone that's over. everyone wants to no. Everyone wants to trace Adam Troutman now because Philly has been bad against tight ends, not and really. he had six targets and seven targets the last two weeks. Six targets the week prior. He's starting to get targeted, but those targets have combined for eleven points over three weeks. Yeah. No shot. These are not high value targets when they're coming from Trevor Simeon. Hashtag true values. Yep,
0: yeah, uh, you're right. Um, did we? No, we didn't do the Eagles yet. Duh. Uh, the Eagles side. Miles Sanders has been activated from IR. There's two yeah. ways to look at this. If Miles Sanders plays, and I don't think he's going to play this week, but if he plays, do you do you think the Eagles? the Eagles stick with their plan of running a lot when Miles Sanders gets gets back? Or do you think it goes back to how it
1: was? Definitely going to run more. I tweeted a joke. Nick Sirianni can't wait for Miles Sanders to return so he could stop running the ball again. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the uh, the offensive philosophy change has certainly helped that offense and Jalen Hurts. So I don't think they would go back and change that now.
0: Jalen Hurts has been playing a lot better, man.
1: Jalen Hurts has been playing a lot better. He's still... Um, only twenty second in true throw value, but that is up from what it was just a few weeks ago. Um, back to back weeks with like top ten true value type performances, which is good to see. Which has certainly helped Devonte Smith. A big reason why Devonte Smith has come on over these last couple of weeks. The issue with Devonte Smith is the targets. He has not really been seeing targets. He's just been super effective with the targets he's seeing. Only six last week. Only six the week prior. But he's turned that last week into four for 66 and two touchdowns. And against the Chargers, five for 116 and a touchdown. That first touchdown against Denver, that was a big boy touchdown oh, yeah. on Patrick Sertain. And Devontae Smith, the whole thing with Devontae Smith is this guy is skinny. He's not tall. He's lanky. His BMI is a joke. And then he goes up and gets it against Patrick Sertain, who's one of the best young cornerbacks in the league as well, His his teammate at Alabama, which is fun. Not ideal um, for Devontae Smith in terms of targets. Everything else has been great. The targets is what concerns me. New Orleans is not a good matchup for that. Um, it's a good matchup for opposing
0: for wide receiver. It is a good matchup. Fourth oh, best, fourth bad. best I was matchup. Looking,
1: yeah, that's why I was bugging out. I was looking at a Philly. Philly has the worst matchup defensively. Um, but yeah, so. But he's likely going to get the Lattimore treatment. Um, A.J. Brown just got the Lattimore treatment and did not have a good day. Look, you're starting Devontae Smith. He has back-to-back 20-point games. We'll see how it goes. I'm not super hyped up about it. I'm certainly starting Jalen Hurts again. Who?
0: I thought you were about to say Jalen Rager.
1: No, Jalen Hurts continues to be a very good um, fantasy quarterback. He hasn't been as great as he was in the beginning of the year. Um, But 17 and 20 the past two weeks... After that, 11-point dud against Detroit. 14 for 53 on the ground, 10 for 62 on the ground. He's always going to buoy you with those. Uh, With the groundwork, give me some uh, Jalen Hurts here as well in this matchup against New Orleans.
0: It does not seem Dallas Goddard is going to play. Yeah, not great. Tyree Jackson is up next. Tyree Jackson, if you guys remember, is the former quarterback.
1: Oh, he returned to practice today, Goddard, actually.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's good news for Dallas Goddard. That's still in concussion managers. protocol.
1: How are you still in concussion protocol? Will you return to practice? He you probably, can do
0: He probably just like was, was like running on the sidelines and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't start new Eagle tight ends if he doesn't play. Let's go over to the next game: the Bengals at the. Go ahead. Right. Was to say that was a, that was a weak one? Um, the Bengals at the Raiders. <laughs> the, the Raiders have kind of like, dude. I don't remember the team that has had this ridiculous of like off-field distractions. Yeah. Um, And it's starting to show. The Raiders' defense in particular uh, has been very, very vulnerable. Uh, Right now they are fourth in points over average, the fourth best matchup in points over average, allowing (coughs) 27.6 more points over average to the running backs, 27.6%, excuse me. They are the fifth best matchup against tight ends. They're allowing 15 points a game to tight ends. They're over above. They're also above average against quarterbacks. They're a little bit good against wide receivers, but it's because again the running backs have been running all over them. That's good news for everyone, everyone. <laughs> uh, particularly Joe Mixon, who continues to run into these string the string of really really good matchups.
1: Yeah, he's just been on a huge like. You get people who are like Najee Harris sucks. He's just been super inefficient. He's just been getting volume. And then they'll turn around and say, Joe Mixon's fucking nasty. As if Joe Mixon hasn't just been living off touchdowns over these past several weeks. With that being said, obviously you start um, Joe Mixon here. This is a huge Jamar Chase game for me, I think. I'm super excited to play Jamar Chase. Um, Coming off a bye week, Jamar Chase is coming off a couple down type games against Cleveland and the Jets um, to, to his two worst fantasy performances actually in back-to-back weeks before the bye week. I think it's a get right game here for Las Vegas. And I'm very excited for, for Jamar chase this week. Um, T Higgins as well, I think has been, he's been that wide receiver three flex type play 11.7, 10.8, 9.7 the last three weeks, all between like wide receiver 25 and 40 on the week. Still waiting for that explosion-type game, but he keeps doing wide receiver three-type things. Um, Tyler Boyd, though, I have no interest in Tyler Boyd. Uh, we've said several times that Tyler Boyd is basically a nobody when Chase and Higgins are healthy. He's
0: so. probably not even worth the the mention at this point.
1: C.J. Uzumo though,
0: in a good matchup, you know he's been so hit or miss. Like If you want to take the shot at him, not, I don't blame you, but there's a chance he could get you a donut.
1: Yeah, I mean, he has two games this year. Over 22 points. One game with nine. Otherwise, they're all under six. They're all under five and a half. He has a donut. Like Super hit or miss is CJ Uzema. Um The big hit game was against Baltimore, who is beatable by the tight end position, but they have a good secondary otherwise. You can't really say that about Las Vegas.
0: On the other side, the Bengals are the sixth best matchup for running backs. How do you like the combination of Drake and Josh in this one.
1: Hey, yo, Josh Jacobs, um, not a great game last week by any means. Seven rushes for 16 yards, five catches for 20 yards, which was interesting to see against KC in a game where that whole offense was down. Look, I'd play Josh Jacobs just because that whole offense played bad against KC. He's been been an RB2 this year. Doesn't really have a huge ceiling, but... I'd play him as an RB, two this week. Kenny and Drake was interesting to me last week. It was kind of frustrating watching that game. Jalen Rashard was mixing in on passing downs. Kenny and Drake only ended with three targets, two receptions, 15 yards. Did not have the role many expected him to. Well, Jalen Rashard is injured again, folks, thankfully. Hopefully that means uh, – well, not thankfully. That's yeah, that I was
0: that was kind of yeah. – uh, right when you said that, I was like,
1: ooh. Not thankfully, but if you have Drake, it helps. Um Kenny Drake, I think, has some flex appeal here in a game where they could end up playing from behind. Darren Waller hasn't been that good. I'll tell you you one thing that I didn't mention about Derek Carr. I do think Derek Carr is an interesting—actually, we haven't even discussed the Raiders yet, so what am I saying?
0: Yeah, let's go over to—well, we're in the middle of that process. Uh, Let's talk about Derek Carr then because I think he's a good streamer this week.
1: Yeah, since he is the team, if we recall, who allowed Mike White to throw for over 400 yards against them— and three touchdowns, and the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger to throw for 300, over 300 yards against them. If Mike White and Ben Roethlisberger are combining for over 700 passing yards this year against that defense, it's likely not an ideal defense. And this defense just keeps getting worse for Las Vegas. Derek Hart, I think, is going to end up having to play from behind. Um, he ended up playing from behind against KC and salvaging his day for 19.5 fantasy points. I think he's certainly in a... In a uh, high upside spot here to get you a top 10 finish if you're looking to stream.
0: I could not have said it better myself. He's my quarterback 12 this week. I think he's a fringe quarterback one. Um, Darren Waller has not been good. This is a tough matchup for him. But there's not much else to throw to. Uh, You got to think that Darren Waller's usage is going to go up. So you say Darren Waller has not been good.
1: When he's been way better than TJ Hawkinson. Oh my god, man.
0: Well, you drafted Darren Waller in the third round. You drafted Hawkinson in the seventh. Eh. What
1: do you mean, eh? Hawkinson was higher than seventh round pick.
0: I well, think. I got him in the seventh.
1: Anywho, yeah, Darren Waller has not been great this year. Um, Definitely not what he expected after that ginormous week one against Baltimore when he went 10 for 105 and a touchdown on 19 targets. You got to play him, though, if you have him. He has a very solid floor at this point. KC was his worst game of the season. I don't think he's gonna dud like that again. I'd play Darren Waller. Obviously, if you have him, you're you're not gonna go and pick up Cole Komet to play over Darren Waller.
0: What about Brian Edwards? Do you think there's any appeal there or no. Deshaun Jackson?
1: No appeal in Brian well, Edwards.
0: Let me ask you a question. If you say no appeal in Brian Edwards and no appeal in Deshaun Jackson, then why is there? Why do you like Derek Carr? Like one of these guys is gonna have to do
1: something. Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Well, and yeah, maybe Edwards or Jackson ends up with fifty yards, and that helps their car. But whatever, <coughs> Hunter Renfro has been his number one option along with Darren Waller.
0: I was gonna, you, you're
1: ruining my my joke. I was gonna say locked and loaded PPR <laughs> wide receiver three. Hunter Renfro. Boom, bang, another very nice game against KC. Seven for forty six and a touchdown. A nice little shimmy shimmy move in the end zone to shimmy, get open.
0: Y'all shimmy yay yeah, shimmy yay. Yeah.
1: Two weeks ago, he went seven for 49 in a touchdown. This past week, he went seven for 46 on a touchdown, both on nine targets. Deja vu. As long If you have Hunter to run for right now, you're playing him as a wide receiver three, period. In PPR leagues, he even has some wide receiver two consideration at this point.
0: Yo, Troy Aikman always looks like he's high as fuck. Maybe he is. He always has like the red, red eyes around his light blue eyes. Um, Maybe he is. Anyone else you want to talk about on the Raiders? Foster Moreau took your pickle. Foster Moreau. Darren Waller's back. Let's go to the next game. The Cowboys at the Chiefs. Cowboys offensive coordinator said CeeDee Lamb will work primarily from the slot now that Michael Gallup is back. For this game only, it is, look, it's CeeDee Lamb. You're starting him. But it is good to note that Casey has been absolutely dominant against the slot this week, this year, fourth in DVOA. <coughs> um How do you feel about these pass catchers on the outside? Uh, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup's return. He was involved last week. How do you feel about these guys?
1: I want to start everyone in this game, man. Yeah, even Michael Gallup? Michael Gallup as a flex play, maybe. But Michael Gallup returned, got his snaps. They basically said, look, he's back. Um, He ended up going three for 42, which was not great. Um, But it was a weird game overall against Atlanta since they went up early so quick.
0: It seemed like they wanted to get him involved early. Yeah. Like they were forcing in the ball in the beginning of the game.
1: Amari Cooper I'm playing, CeeDee Lamb I'm playing, Zeke I'm playing. This is a matchup here against KC where should be some fireworks. Like there've been some firework type games that have really sucked and have not lived up to the potential in this, this year. I'd be absolutely shocked if KC and um and Dallas doesn't end with easily over like fifty five points scored combined.
0: I am worried about Dalton Schultz, though, because Dalton Schultz saw a season-low snap percentage and a season-low target target percentage. I don't think it's a it's a coincidence that that happens the day Michael Gallup re-enters the lineup.
1: No, yeah, I agree. And I, I discussed on a recent pod that Dalton Schultz has been kind of on a downward trend, too, which is not ideal. Because a tight end position, you finally thought you had someone you could trust every week. Over the last three weeks, this guy has 2.1, 7.4, and 1.9. Not good. Um, ever since the bye week, and now Michael Gallup's returning, it's a good matchup here on paper against KC, but it's in in a sense of just trusting that offense, it makes sense too, but not when you have Gallup, Lamb, Cooper, Zeke, all healthy and active.
0: Anyone else you want to talk about? Obviously, Dak's a good play here. Uh, Dak any, too. Anyone else you want to talk about here? <clears throat>
1: No, and I think the KC side is very shut and close, open and closed type case here too. Um, we probably take the least time talking about KC this every single week because it's you start Kelsey, you start Tyreek Hill, you start Patrick Mahomes, period. And then you start the running back, whoever it may be. Um, Daryl Williams, my hope is that it's Daryl Williams, because if CH does return, it's going to muddy the waters a bit, and C H and Daryl Williams, I think, would both become more low end I think CH would be more of a low-end RB2 option and Daryl Williams more of like a desperation flex type play. I do think CH would still get the majority of the snaps in that backfield. But if he's out again, you have Daryl Williams who just absolutely dominated this past week and made that tremendous catch in the end zone, went over 100 yards receiving over 14 points uh, two of the last three weeks. His down week against Green Bay, we put up 9.2. Like, if that's his floor, that's great. Sign me up for Darrell Williams, too. I'd rank him as a uh, high-end RB2 if CEH were to be out.
0: I do want to just mention that the Cowboys are number one in DVOA against the number one wide receiver. That's a positive matchup uh, for wide receivers overall, though. And the Cowboys' run defense has been great this year. Micah Parsons is clearly— Literally, like I
1: don't really care, though. Because I think this game, that's not really going to matter. Like, it's probably going to be fast-paced, high-scoring. Like, sign me up for it. 28th. uh... Like, even if Daryl Williams rushes for 40 yards on 16 carries, he'll probably catch passes. He'll likely find the end zone. Like, I'm, I'm all for it.
0: Let's go to our next game, then. Cardinals at the Seahawks. I mean, the big story in this game is obviously Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a guy who... Says this. <laughs> I hope I'm gonna play. And then they ask him, "Who do you,
1: Matthew McConaughey?" Yeah,
0: I don't know why. This I'm just gonna check do out it. my Lincoln. Yeah, I'm gonna do it in a in a voice that doesn't sound anything like Kyler Murray. Just just bear with me. And then they ask him, "Who makes that final decision?" And he goes, uh, "Me." So, he said me. So it's up to him if he's gonna play. Uh, I don't know what to make of that. To be honest, no. uh, it doesn't look like DeAndre Hopkins is gonna play. There's this lingering thing in the room, too, is that the bye week is coming up next week. Now, this is a division game, so that might play into the hand a little bit more that you want Kyler Murray to be out there. Um, but Especially
1: when they just completely shit the bet against Carolina. Like, right. bad.
0: And I think this game, like, I, look, I want to give you advice on this game, but it's a completely different game if Kyler Murray is not playing, and if he is, it's just completely, and completely different. on the other
1: side with Seattle... It's super hard to know what to expect, too, because they sucked last week with against Green Bay. And you don't know, maybe that has to do with the finger or maybe Green Bay just played a great game. But that offense has just been atrocious, like really bad for several weeks now. And everyone thought Russell Wilson returning was going to fix it. And it absolutely did not fix it outside of that one game against Jacksonville. They sucked against New Orleans. They sucked against Pittsburgh. They sucked against the Rams. Like, Jacksonville was the only game where they didn't suck. And, yes, he's back. Russell Wilson's back. Yes, that was his first game back. Yes, he had that thing on his finger, which maybe messed with him. But, man, it's tough to trust these guys um, going into this week. With that being said, I mean, you start DK Metcalf. um, Tyler Lockett's more of like a wide receiver 2-3 at this point until something changes. He got the targets last week. He just couldn't capitalize. There were so many missed opportunities. He could have had a much bigger game. It's just very very odd what's going on in Seattle.
0: I like Alex Collins in this game.
1: I When I say like, if I If mean, Chris Carson's out, of course. He
0: is. He's going to be out. He missed practice today. They, they said he might miss the season. Like, he's going to be out.
1: See, Alex Collins is just the. It, you want to look up touchdown dependent dictionary. It's Alex Collins. I think he
0: could get it, though. The Cardinals have given up a lot of points to the to the running back. They're 7% over average. That's the 10th best matchup in the league. 21 points overall. So it's not like they're not giving the overall points up too. The Cardinals have been susceptible to the running back.
1: Yeah. I suppose it's still Alex Collins, man.
0: Yeah, I mean DK Metcalf is really the guy I want to he start. He has no
1: pass catching appeal. Travis Homer was a third down back last week. Like I wouldn't be shocked if Travis Homer outscored Alex Collins this week I got
0: Russell Wilson at quarterback 14 this week
1: I mean I don't I don't completely hate it blasphemy we do have to I do want to mention Christian Kirk on the Arizona side who has blossomed into the number one wide receiver target with DeAndre Hopkins out It has not translated into massive fantasy points like he's put up 13 6.6 13.42 and 9.3 but has certainly made him a very solid wide receiver three play and I think that continues against Seattle but like Tim said it's it's a, a lot different if Kyler Murray plays or not. I'd like Zach Ertz a lot more if Kyler Murray plays. If Nuke is out, I'd like Kirk a lot. I think I'd move Kirk into my top 20, top 24 receivers if Nuke is out and Kyler Murray plays. A lot of moving variables with this team right now. So, at Broto Fantasy on Twitter, if you want to
0: keep up with us, like, we can't really tell you about this game right now. We can't. It's just impossible at the moment. So, I, I don't want to be disingenuous either. Um, but James, James Conner, play him.
1: Jay, play James Conner, right. Yeah. yeah. Um he's been the uh the lead guy getting basically all the work. They said you're a workhorse now, Jamie. And then he said, You got it, pal. And uh he's put up thirty seven points. And thirteen point nine in that absolute domination win by the Carolina Panthers. James Conner still ended with thirteen point nine fantasy points in half PPR leagues. Seattle is glorious against opposing running backs. Oh yeah. Um I don't know how I almost skipped over James Conner. He's a locked-and-loaded RB1 for as long as Chase Edmonds is out, too.
0: 30% over average, the third-best matchup.
1: He was such an easy pick at ADP. Oh, man.
0: Cass was all over him in the offseason. That's it, right? Let's go on to our next game. Uh, Here we go.
1: Sunday night football on MSG. Big Ben and Herbert face-to-face on TV. Will Big Ben play? Who knows? Tim who? Will be out. at quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers too. This is terrible. That's
0: just the worst. <laughs> and it became a voice.
1: I don't know. I tried passing it on to you. Like I I'd really pass it hate on to this Jason, shit. I but hate you don't. It so you, don't much. you
0: don't. No, you don't I do hate that. it. I will never do it. I hate it.
1: That's his life.
0: It just. I hate the evolution of it. I hate everything. Big um, Ben
1: is kind of trending towards playing, nah, but he they still has to be cleared. He right now. He said if he's cleared, he's going to play. Of right. course, but obviously, like. Right. <laughs> If he's cleared, you're not going to start Mason Rudolph for no reason.
0: Right now, he's, like, practicing remote with the team. Like, he's doing everything he needs to do, like, in quarantine. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, He's symptomatic. So, not something where it's just like, oh, it's just going to get better. Uh, I mean, another one where this is so dependent on that. So, let's start with one of those dependents. Chase Claypool got a limited practice on Wednesday. They said he was week to week. And, I mean, if he comes back after one week, this is not a good matchup. Uh, the Chargers are run funnel defense for sure. The definition of run funnel defense, yeah. like the Rams have been the past few years. Yeah,
1: Najee Harris is by far the best play for this team.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Uh, but Chase Claypool might play. Uh, Deontay Deontay Johnson, you're starting him, but you're not really excited about it in my opinion. Great matchup for Najee ha- Harris, and I think great Pat uh Fryermuth. There you go.
1: Has a good matchup. Yeah. um, It's going to be big to see if the rookie can bounce back from that debacle. Yeah. And he had nine targets. He just went five for 31 and then lost that fumble. Um, I'm with you. Basically what you said, you start Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris is a no brainer. He has top three upside this week. And Pat Fryermuth, like the nine targets. He finally had a down game, but it was the game where he got targeted most, which I, I want big Ben to return. I'd prefer that to happen. Bro. Ray Ray McLeod, like, where did that come from? That was so odd last week. This guy, I guess um, he, like, they were like, let's just give him the juju role. The guy saw double-digit targets, which was absurd, like, out of nowhere. 12 targets, 9 receptions, 63 yards. What? He had donuts several games. He hasn't had more than two receptions in a game. I don't know where that came from. I think it had a lot to do with Mason Rudolph, though, being in at quarterback. Like if Big Ben returns, I don't think that's going to continue. Sign me up for Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris and Pat Friermuth. Um But that's about it. Even if Claypool returns, he's been more of a wide receiver for this week, anyways. Uh, excuse me, this year, anyways. You can't trust him in this game.
0: You definitely can't. No uh. Um,. Let's go over to the Steelers. I mean the the Charger side. Actually, before we do, I just wanted to shout out the fact again that I absolutely hate it when you say Ra- Rudolph and Randolph. You're the only I absolutely know. hate you, Tim. Um, let's go over to the Charger side. Mika Fitzpatrick's on the COVID list. Probably going to miss his game. T.J. Watt and he Joe Hayden. This year, though. T.J. No, he hasn't.
1: He's been pretty bad.
0: No, oh, he hasn't. I'm gonna have to check this out. T.J. Watt and Joe Hayden haven't practiced. This is good news for the Chargers wide receivers if Justin Herbert can get their act together.
1: What are you doing about Mike Williams, Tim? He's one of these guys, man. Like, there's there's several fantasy football podcasts and everything, and people are probably going to spend mad time talking about Mike Williams. Bro, let's not act like anyone has any idea what's going to happen with Mike Williams. Zero. Because if he goes two catches, 10 yards again, none of us would be surprised. If he returns to his early season form and goes 12 catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns, would you be surprised either? I'd be a little surprised, but like, I wouldn't be shocked because we saw that he could do it early in the season, That just the problem is, it's been really bad lately. This guy has 10 receptions over the last four games, averaging 34 yards a game. That's disgusting. He has not topped three receptions. Actually, he had four receptions against Minnesota last week. Otherwise, he has not topped four receptions since week five. So, like, if you want to play Mike Williams as a wide receiver three flex play because of that ginormous upside we saw earlier in the season, but it seems like the offense has changed a bit. But it also looks like Justin Herbert's just struggling a little bit right now, too. Like, he had Mike Williams a couple times. They just didn't give him the throws that he was giving him earlier in the year. Like, at some point, you just have to trust your receiver, too. And Mike Williams is a receiver who, even in these previous seasons where he's been up and down, it was never a question if you could just throw it up to him. Because he's one of the best at pinpointing it at the top and just making the cornerback look like a baby on downfield throws. So, look, Mike Williams, man, I think he's more of a wide receiver three at this point. I I didn't expect this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? I mean...
0: Hold your horses, man.
1: This guy's four straight games, less than seven points.
0: It's been on Justin Herbert's dime, though.
1: You know? I mean, not only Justin Herbert's dime. Justin Herbert had a... Almost one, perfect game. One good game in
0: that in that span. Yeah, and, one good game in that and span. And Keenan Allen, correct. you know, is just gonna be the better player sometimes. I actually love Keenan Allen. This Keenan game.
1: Allen's been balling out. That yeah. I think that too. Like Keenan Allen was kind of having a slow start to the season when Williams was going nuts, but he was still putting in work. Now it's just been only Keenan Allen. Eleven targets, thirteen targets, eleven targets. Fire up Keenan Allen. I think he's clearly the alpha at this point in that offense again. And Austin Eckler has been a. A little cold streak. A little cold, yeah. yeah.
0: And it's not getting any easier. The Pittsburgh defense is third in DVOA against the pass-catching running back. Uh, they are s- the third worst matchup in terms of points over average to running backs, giving up less than 15%. Um, giving up, sorry, more than 15% less percentage than the average to the running backs they've played. So, I mean, I'm worried about Eckler. Obviously, you're starting him, but you got to temper expectations.
1: Yeah, Um Back-to-back games now, um, letting you down a little bit, 13.4, 9.7. He had that big game against New England. Before the bye, only 7.5 against Baltimore. So it's three of the last four weeks where it wasn't like, like Austin Eckler, yeah, type games, you know? Um, now we get Pitt here, who has been very good, like you said, against running backs. They just allowed DeAndre Swift and company to go run crazy on them, but they also attempted, like, 40 rush attempts, <laughs> which the Chargers are most certainly not going to do, which makes it... a uh, Hard to tell what you're gonna get from Austin Eckler on the ground as well, but again he catches passes. It's more on Justin Herbert, man. Can he get out of this little funk that he's in? That he, he just seems to, I don't know, he seems to not be trusting himself as much as he was earlier in the season.
0: It is to be said that this is also his second year, you know, yeah. <clears> the <throat> sophomore slump a little bit. That's a real thing. Um, all right, let's get into the money. Jared night game.
1: Cook just continues to be. Oh. Can he score a touchdown? Word. Or don't play him? I I don't really like Jared Cook at all. Like how's Jared Cook fifty five percent rostered when Dan Arnold is forty percent rostered? That's just next level absurdity. <sighs> Sorry. Um, last time, seems like Monday Night Football. I sleep during Monday Night Football.
0: I really do. Uh, I have to. I have to get up and watch the 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 condensed game every single every single Monday. Uh, I mean every single Tuesday. Uh, Giants at the Bucks. So first of all, we're gonna start this off with something outside. I don't know if you heard this news. You hear the news about Antonio Brown? He is still out? He's still out because he's hurt, but there's also... Oh, he
1: faked the vaccine card, right?
0: Well, that's what his... Uh, apparently, his former personal chef, who he didn't pay, leaked this information that Antonio Brown paid a doctor to give him a fake va- vaccination card in order for him to avoid protocols. Uh, possible suspension. He's still out. It looks like it's going to be a long time. That's good news for Chris Godwin and Mike Evans moving forward. I'm riding both of them easily in this matchup. The Giants are a positive matchup. I said to all these Giants fans who literally were the most annoying people in the history of the planet in the offseason, talking about their defense being the best in the NFL, I was just like, oh, my goodness. On on Twitter, they would relentlessly let me have it if I said anything bad about the Giants' defense. Um, But I called them overrated many times, and I think that they're proving to be overrated. Uh, They're a positive matchup against a wide receiver, and they're a positive matchup. Against running backs, they are the seventh best matchup. Thirteen percent points over average. Leonard Fournette's a running back one this week. I think he's going to swing a lot of matchups. And Rob Gronkowski's back. So practice is full
1: today, so you got to assume he's back.
0: And Tom Brady, you know, Tom Brady's documentary just dropped. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I don't know if you've like started watching it, but I watched some of the first episode. I need to finish watching that after this, actually. And you know. Tom Brady's the type of guy who gets up for things like, I'm playing the Giants, and the Giants beat me twice in the Super Bowl, and I want to demolish them as as much as I can. So, Godwin, yes. Evans, yes. Gronk, yes. Fournette, yes. Brady, yes. Let's get it.
1: Fournette, yes. Did you say Fournette?
0: I said Fournette. Holy shit, yes. I, he's, I've got him as an RB1 this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's been an RB1. Uh, he's been one of the steals of... Uh... Of draft day this year. Um, Completely taking over. Ronald Jones didn't even get a touch last week against Washington. So, yeah, I think they're due for a big bounce-back game here against New York. Primetime, coming off a double-digit loss to Washington. I'm with you, man. Sign me up for Brady, Evans, Godwin, Gronk, if you have him. All that. He he sucked last time he returned, but they said he was only going to play in like, emergency spots, and then he hurt his back. So it's not like he – that wasn't really his fault. So Gronk might be a, a decent play upon his return, too. If – depending on options, I wouldn't be super scared about putting him right back in there.
0: Michael, I'll bet you Gronk catches a touchdown.
1: No, I think that's a high possibility.
0: All right, fine. Then I'll bet I'll bet you, Jason. Yeah, I'll do it. Michael, write it down. Okay, okay. Um, let's go over to the Giants side. Kadarius, Tony, and Kelly – you know, before I get into this, the Giants – they're never the same offense twice. Like, they always have, like, different personnel every week. Someone's injured, someone's out, someone's in, someone's new, someone's, someone's and this week is the same. Kadarius Tony and Kelly Kenny Galladay are not on the injury report as of today, but Sterling Shepard didn't practice, doesn't look like he's going to play. All signs also point to Saquon returning, and usually you're like, oh, I'm going to fade him a little bit because of the matchup with the great run defense of the Buccaneers. But Vita Veya, their run-stuffer extraordinaire, is out for the game. So this makes yep. this a little more interesting. Michael, how are you feeling about Saquon in his first game back on Monday Night Football?
1: Saquon Barkley, first game back, the one and only, the New York Giants prized child. I mean, look, if you have Saquon Barkley, <laughs> you're obviously playing him. Um It sucks because right when he was, like, getting back to being Saquon, weeks three and four where he had two back-to-back monster games, he gets hurt again against Dallas, and then he's missed five straight games, and then a bye week. You play him if you have him, period. Against New Orleans this year, who New Orleans rivals Tampa as, like, the most difficult matchup um, year over year against opposing running backs. This guy went five for 74, receiving touchdown, and 13-52 for 52 in a rushing touchdown against New Orleans. It was the RB for the top three running back that week. I think RB won, but don't quote me on that. So, I mean, against Tampa Bay now, it's a bad matchup, yes, on paper, but it's also Saquon Barkley coming out of a bye. You got to think he's ready to go if he's activated. Like, I'm going to play Saquon. You're
0: going to play Quaid Saquon?
1: I'm going to play Saquon.
0: What about Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney?
1: Um, any any trust in these guys against a good matchup? Yeah, Sterling Shepard's still not practicing, so you just assume that he's out. Um, Kenny Galladay is back, um, absent from the week 11 injury report uh, in total, um, only 2 for 28 against Las Vegas. But prior to that, yes, he was having a rough start to the season, but three of the four weeks he was playable, 8.4, 5.3, 8.4, 15.6. That's what I'm looking at more so than that game against Las Vegas. But like he still hasn't he still hasn't like grown that rapport with Daniel Jones much in actual football games. Um but I do think Kenny Galladay I wouldn't want to trust him this week if I wasn't forced to. But as a wide receiver three flex play, I do think he has a little more upside than people think. A lot of people are just completely riding him off as if he's toast. Like he's back, he's healthy, he's Kenny Galladay. Like he's not just a bad wide receiver. And then Kadarius Tony, on the other hand, you got to think they game scripted a little bit to get this damn guy involved after the bye week. He had those monster that monster performance against Dallas, and then they just kind of were like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't use him anymore. And it didn't really make much sense. But he's, I think he's more of a wild card than Galladay. Like I think I trust Galladay more than Tony. But Kadarius Tony's another one. Like Mike Williams, if he goes two catches. 18 yards or 10 catches 140 yards I wouldn't be that surprised Um, but Kadarius Tony is if someone doesn't have him in your league um, his roster ship has been going down only 50% rostered I'd add him now because I think he could be one of those big waiver wire ads at the end of the week um, if he has a big game and people are like oh so he is going to be good again
0: anyone else want to talk about in this game Michael
1: Uh, I'm not going to start Daniel Jones here but yeah I think we're good team
0: That's it, then. We made it through. Uh, a little quick because it's us two and we don't have Jason's wise-ass to make remarks. Uh, <laughs> Michael, where can they find you?
1: At Brodo Mike.
0: You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Jason at Brodo FF Jason. You can find Cass at Brodo FF Casanova. See what we did there. Branding. Uh, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok where you can find Brother Johnny and his Bulls and Bears report. And uh, BrodoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Uh, yeah, we hope you guys have a... Very lovely, lovely weekend of winning. See ya. Later.